Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. And I just got out of the shower. So that's what's happening in my world. That's uh, Still real talk there. Soaking wet. I am naked. I am not close. <laughs> well, the, you know, we actually, uh, so I'm in the studio recording this, and you are back at home in the magic of podcasting power and radio equipment and everything. I actually just picture you at home naked uh, every every <laughs> week that we're doing this show, so I'm glad to know that you're actually making those dreams a reality or those nightmares a reality, whichever way you want to paint the picture. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where you have a playlist on, because I'm a little late to the recording because I had, you know, music going, and I'm just like in the shower, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, I got to get out of here. I got to do my thing. So then I tried to text you after I got out of the shower and apparently could not type. So that was fun. Anyway, here we are. We're doing the show on Lots a Friday, to- not even on, on a, a Friday. Thursday. So yeah, this, this show is going to be like microwave meal. Yeah. Like it's, it's going to be really okay for like maybe a few hours. And then after that, it's gone. Like, because we're going to talk about USA, Mexico and that's happening the day we're recording this. So deal with that however you need to. But I, this, if you listen to this on Saturday morning, you'll already know about that. So we will definitely get into uh, all that You already discussion. know about Christian Pulisic's non-hat trick that he um, did not score. Well, apparently not starting. Yeah, did you see, uh, did you see Berhalter's comment? I don't know. I don't know when you, we wanted to get into this, but... We can start. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to wanna... say, so it was so funny to me. So Greg Berhalter had his, I think, media availability either yesterday or a couple of days ago, and he's playing the Mexico doesn't respect us, the yada, 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 whatever card. That's fine. Uh, and so I was reading into some of the comments, and he was literally just taken aback by Thomas Tuchel's comments to him. So if you haven't been following along, Christian Pulisic has been obviously out for a few months now, right, with an injury? Well, uh, yeah, we talked about when that happened. We I made the joke that, like, Oh, yeah, he, he injured himself in the last round of qualifying He'll or a couple rounds ago. He will get healthy enough to just start playing for Chelsea just in time to go get injured again mm-hmm. in the next round of qualifying. Like, and that was and it's I mean, hopefully not. Right. But so that's Tukes, where it is. Tukes he barely must, is played. must listen to the podcast. Then. He's barely played. And now he's coming in to play for the national team in a pivotal game here. So it was funny because Thomas Tuchel was like, yeah, you know, we just got Christian back for three days of training. I hope he doesn't feature in 90 minutes for the men's national team. It's like basically what he was saying. And Burr Halter read into those comments, like literally just jaw on the floor, like, well, he's only been practicing for three days. What tells you he's even fit enough to be able to play a 90 minute match for us against Mexico? And he's like, I can't understand. And how in the world Thomas Tuchel would even draw this conclusion that we're going to feature Christian. Christian Pulisic in this game, let alone uh, be a starter here. So I thought that was uh, that was pretty funny, uh, you know, going to, going across the entire thing because Tukes is protecting. He's trying to protect what's his, right? I Absolutely. mean, their property over there at Chelsea. Of course, we want to see Pulisic here in action for the Stars and Stripes. But, yeah, temper the expectations for that tonight. That is – well, and that's the thing. I, I think when you've watched – if you've watched Mexico-USA games over the past, you know how this goes, right? The – 
the it is one of the most physical battles in all of world soccer every time it's played uh depends on the referee as to how much is allowed but no doubt there will be probably i i i'm going to guess over under on yellows tonight 5 and Ooh. i'll take i'll take the over like i mean there's just going to be i'm talking both sides you know there's going to be a lot of chicanery between uh usa and mexico right it was Mex- in colorado when we saw it a couple of a couple of months ago right yeah the the mexico players they are very fond of pretending like every foul is the worst foul they've ever suffered and i'm not saying that doesn't happen with the u.s national team occasionally too but tensions run hot in this game everyone knows it so to put a player out there who's been training for barely a week not even and assume he's going to play for 90 minutes yeah it's it's kind of like I get Burhalter's frustration a bit of it's like Tuchel saying like, well, I hope Burhalter's not stupid enough to do that. And Greg Burhalter's like, what do you think I just started coaching yesterday? Like, I'm duh. the coach of a national team, dummy. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not. Don't I'm try not to just, little bro me. Right. It's yeah. I don't coach Chelsea, but I'm sorry. I'm very aware of what my guys are available for. But let's say Pulisic had been training for like two weeks and was just getting back and was starting to play some matches like that still would be rough to put him out there for 90 minutes because this game, Mexico, that is what they're going to do. They are going to try to beat and bruise all of these U.S. forwards as much as they can. They're going to try to get away with everything. And I know the U.S. national team does some of that too. I'm not trying to paint it like the USA never does anything wrong and Mexico's national team always does bad things. But in the rivalry, it's going to be physical. There is going to be a lot of abuse taken on both sides why you would put Pulisic out there given his current status for 90 minutes. If he's going to play at all, it would make much more sense for him to run in in the 75th minute and just create havoc. You know what I mean? And try to get a, some kind of goal that maybe if it's, if they're down one, if it's tied, whatever the case, like I could see that being a role for him, but again, he's barely trained. So we may not see him at all. Um, it is going to be something to watch though. And, this this USA Mexico rivalry is one that's been really great over the last twenty five plus years, I think. So I was looking at an article from NBC Sports, and I think it started. I think the first match was in nineteen thirty two, I believe, uh, or thirty four, and the Mexican national team just destroyed us. You know, from thirty from thirty either thirty two or thirty four onwards until nineteen eighty, and then nineteen eighty happened. And I want to say uh, the entirety of the record for the U.S. men's national team uh, in these games that do not include friendlies bone is like 12, 2, and 13 or something. So, I mean, it's basically 500. Uh, you never know what you're going to get when USA and Mexico collide here in cup qualifiers. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a very interesting battle, of course. And, and having gone to many of them, obviously a storyline. Are you I going tonight? You- no, no, I'm not driving down to Cincinnati. <laughs> I'm not going to the tickle. No way. That's have you heard? That's what they call their yeah, little stupid great. stadium. Love it. Um, the TQL stadium. Anyway, they actually, I the saw- mascot is actually just tickle from moonshiners. <laughs> that's what it is. What a great reference. I'm so glad someone else knows what that show is. I watch a lot of discovery and TLC hey, trash man. TV injected into my veins. I like Bravo. It. I mean, just all kinds of chicanery as that's the second time we've used that on this show. And because <laughs> you inspired me to use it. Yeah. If you can work in some doctor now references, I would greatly appreciate that. That's my other mm-hmm. trash show that I watch. Um, so here, here's Meredith the thing. Won't let me watch that show. 
Oh, why not? I think she just sees me as a patient of Dr. Now here in about five years. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't want to give me any inspiration. Yeah, you're right. That show does give you a lot of like, well, I'm not doing great, but come on. Like, I can, <laughs> right. I yep, can still walk know, up the right? stairs as of now. Mm-hmm. So Boy, my right. ankle does hurt after going down. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. So it is frustrating that this one is not being played in Columbus. I saw U.S. soccer post a thing that said (laughs) hey it's not a u.s mexico game if it's not being played in ohio and it's like this these idiots who run never forget that idiots run everything but especially when it comes to soccer and that you can go to uefa you can go to fifa you can go to Concacaf, you can go to the u.s soccer federation you can go to mls the people who create fifa every year Idiots run everything. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, that's great. Did you see that EA Sports, now they're going to like open up the license for more video games? Yeah, so great. It's good times. So now it'll be like, which one do I buy? Mm-hmm. Five of them, and none of them will be good. Anyway, another argument for another time. The point is this. Idiots run everything, and when you look at Ohio and say, oh, Columbus, Cincinnati, pretty much the same place. Oh, sure. Cultural imagine, identities are exactly the same. Imagine doing that to like u.s soccer is headquartered in chicago imagine saying like oh yeah chicago springfield pretty much illinois it's the same thing champagne and chicago are the same exact destinations like that's so ridiculous new york city and albany new york they're both in new york same place don't tell that to marshawn lynch (laughs) right i just this is so It gets frustrating when Ohio is just looked at as like, well, these idiots will support soccer. They'll drive down there. And it's like, I don't think you understand. It's not about that. It's about, is this the place to be or not? And also, isn't it kind of like, can we, can we talk a little bit about how icky it is that U.S. soccer basically, because I don't know if you've seen the maps. There are maps that show the demographics of the United States mm-hmm. and Mexican populations in cities. If you look in Ohio, it's one of the least population dense places where Mexicans or or people of Mexican heritage live. And while that's disappointing to me, because I like a very diverse city, it does look like that's why U.S. soccer always picks this region of the country for this game. You know, like they'll never have this game in L.A. They'll never they'll never play this game in L.A. or anywhere else. that's a bigger city like that because they feel like U.S. soccer feels like, well, there will be more Mexico fans than there will be U.S. fans. And my response to that is, hey, look at what happened with Ricardo Pepe. Mm-hmm. Ricardo Pepe, his dad was talking about because he played in the U.S. or in the Mexico youth system all the way up until he switched to the U.S. And his dad said that like he's got a closet full of Mexico jerseys, but now they're all in the back because he's got he's got USA gear on because his son's playing for the U.S. and his son has the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of kids growing up who will go to USA Mexico who might have a Mexico jersey on who might find themselves at the end of it deciding, I kind of like rooting for this U.S. national team. Right. There's nothing wrong with, like, as much as I like that we've had it here, and I'd like to believe it's because of the robust support that Columbus has, mm-hmm. and now... As Uncle Bo says, know the scores. That's it. That's exactly right. And and I think that U.S. soccer should be ripped for that because at the end of the day, this is not about, I don't know, it just seems like a weird thing. Like, don't... Don't base it on that. Base it on where you think the best place to be is. And, and I guess what I'm saying is if you don't want Columbus for the right reasons, then I don't want you. That's what I say. So screw off, U.S. soccer. Enjoy your 
stupid game down there tonight. I'll be watching it, but I'm not going. And I don't blame anybody who does. I get it. You know, I'd want to. I'd want to go. I just. I don't. I don't. Ugh. It so gives the, me a bad taste in my mouth. I think it's been a, a couple of weeks since we've had a neighbor Eric update here on the show. Uh, yeah. And by the way, too, he said that uh, being a friend of the program has really changed his life, which is uh, nothing short of <laughs> tremendous out of him. Uh, but he did say he was looking for tickets a couple of months ago. And the ultimate reason why he couldn't bring himself to do it, one was because the ticket prices are astronomical. And we've talked about that ridiculous. before. Yeah. Uh, but the second one is he's like, I just... I don't want to have to go in that stadium and see something that's been so close to home be moved now to another part of the state. I'm like, I get it, man. I totally understand where you're coming from. So, you know, something that you held so in high standard here um, for the better part of, I mean, what, 20 years, right? I mean, you used to have USA Mexico here, Dos Acero. That storyline is obviously a massive thing. Uh, and now for the U.S. men's national team to kind of go by the wayside on that, say, oh, look at our shiny new object down in Cincinnati, even though you have a shinier object here uh, in Columbus. It's just, I don't know, man. It's it's nothing short of stupid. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's not an ex situation like seeing your ex with someone else or at some other thing because, well, it is. I guess if you look at it from the standpoint of like if you're if you've got the sick puppy thing going on where it's like I still love the U.S. men's national team. I still root for U.S. soccer. Oh, I'm I'm gonna be sitting there tonight. Yeah, of course, cheering cheering them on. But if but it's like yeah, if you go down there to Cincinnati, in some ways, it's gonna be like oh, there they are. Look at them having. They look like they're having fun. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> I'm happy for them. <laughs> As I you're guess. like, I, I, they're not at my place anymore. I've moved anymore. on. I'm in a mentally stable place in my life to be happy for them. Ah, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's that's what we could do. We could just move on from my the bourbon. <laughs> move on from the U.S. men's national team. Like, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually a really big Germany fan now. I've actually just moved over. Oh, there. Paraguay national like, podcast. Oh yeah, well we know that. We yeah. gotta we'll talk more about Guillermo's team as well. Last thing about U.S. U.S. men's national team in Mexico playing, and then we'll move on. This one is, I've seen this actually floated by Sam Borden, who writes for ESPN, and I don't think he's wrong that this is probably going to be the last one for a long time Yeah, that feels the same way as far as World Cup qualifiers because you look at the standings now, U.S. and Mexico are one and two. Obviously, U.S. would love to win the group. That would be amazing to win CONCACAF qualifying, get you a better seed in the World Cup. Awesome. But USA-Mexico won't play again until March. A lot more qualification will happen between now and then, and it's very likely that the U.S. and Mexico will both be assured of qualification well before that. Now, still be playing for maybe that final spot, but... They're also, you know, that that one will still be important. It won't feel quite like this one, I think. Yeah, it'll still be the rivalry. We know that. Yeah, but then the next cycle for the World Cup, they will not be playing a World Cup qualifier. Mm -hmm. You will not have a USA-Mexico qualifier because US, the USA and Mexico and Canada will automatically qualify because they're the host countries and the field's expanded. It's, where it's, so, going, to, it's going to 48, right? Yeah, so the, the but they'll be automatically qualified anyway, so... Yeah. After this round of qualifying and the World Cup, obviously a year from now, the next cycle will just all be friendlies. All these games the U.S. will play, they'll play various other countries, but they're not going to play any qualifiers for four years after this. So It'll be until 2029 that you get the next qualifier on home yeah. soil, right? Yeah. 
do the uh, defending champions of the World Cup get to automatically get in the next time or no? No, they no, do. they don't. Well, just making sure because you never know. We could, that <laughs> could be our pathway in next time. Anyway, the point being, <laughs> enjoy this. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I don't care what the score is. As long as the USA wins, that's all I want. It doesn't have to be Dos Acero or Trace Acero or anything Acero. Just more than Mexico. Masa Mexico. That's what I'll say. <laughs> That's what I want. I don't care if it's nine. Or Mosque. I think it's Mosque, Mexico. I, I don't. I don't be. care if it's nine to eight. Just get a win. Get right. That's right. All right. We'll take a break and then uh, take a look around world soccer and a little bit of a thought on the crew. That's all coming up next here on the Bone and Beam United podcast. Welcome back to. The Bone and Beam United <laughs> podcast. I don't know why I called it that, but whatever. You just uh, like a news anchor, just wrapping up a shift bone, putting the papers down, nailed it. Good That's job. That's right. Yep. I don't believe you. That's my Ron Burgundy. <laughs> uh, read it off the teleprompter. Okay. So before we get into some of the other uh, things we wanted to talk about today from some of the crew stuff, there's some news about how the World Cup will affect scheduling for the Premier League and MLS. Winner World Cup. Yes, Winter World, it's it's going to be going on roughly this time next year. Like yeah. Thanks, basically, Thanksgiving almost through Christmas next year is World Cup time. But more on that in a second. Don't call me a moron. <laughs> Did you see this crazy story out of uh, Paris Saint-Germain? Yes, and you know what is really weird here? As we're doing this on a Friday and talking about it, it's Tanya Harding's birthday. Are you kidding me? Swear. Today is Tanya Harding's Today birthday. Today is ha- Tanya Harding's birthday. November November 12th is Tanya Harding's birthday. Yeah. So there's so here's what happened. Um so Kiera Hamarawi plays for PSG. Mm-hmm. She was out. Um this this is this is on Thursday. Like this just happened a few days. I guess this happened last Thursday, not yesterday. Yeah. Um news so, came out a couple of days ago. Right. So they were out. The team was celebrating, having some fun, and Hamarawi was getting ready to go home. Fellow midfielder on the team, Aminata Diallo, said, hey, Kira, why don't you hop in my car? I'll take you home. Perfect. She said, that's really great. Thank you so much. They had a club dinner in Paris. I'm sure that's... Imagine what those are like, right? I'm sure PSG it was quite lovely. The bill. Sure it was God. lovely. Oh, it'd be great. So anyway, they're having McDonald's a good time. McDonald's all around. <laughs> Le Mac Grands, right? Le, the McRib is back, and that's where they went. <laughs> anyway, so as the car pulled in front of her home, uh, Kira Hamarawi's home, two men wearing masks with armed with iron bars Oof. got in front of the car, opened the door, pulled Hamarawi out of the car, and started hitting her on the legs. The assault lasted two minutes before the men ran God, away. God, that's a long time, man. Think about that. Someone hitting you the with second anything. segment that we've done from up until where you started out saying the Bone and Beam United podcast until now <laughs> has been two and a half minutes. So that whole time, someone basically hitting you in the legs. So vicious attack, horrible attack, and Aminata Diallo was not harmed in this incident. Well, now police have arrested her in connection with the alleged attack, stating that at least there's some suspicion that she was involved. And and coincidentally, as it turns out, Aminata Diallo plays the same position as Kiara Hamarawi and apparently replaced her in the lineup oh. because she wasn't able to play 
So now they're not saying for sure they know that she had this, but they have arrested her on that suspicion and more will be coming out about this, obviously. But uh, my gosh, like that's just one of the craziest things I've ever heard. Uh, apparently, Hamarawi was taken to the hospital after the attack. She required stitches for her leg injuries. Mm. She did not sustain career threatening injuries, but did not make her appearance against Real Madrid in Champions League on Tuesday. So Diallo started that game in place of her. And, by and, the then, way, have... and, then, and then the cops got her. And then the cops got her, yeah. So, uh, heesh, that is, that is really one of the more bizarre and horrible stories I've ever heard of. If she did that, if Aminato Diallo did that, then, yeah, jail for life or as long as you can go away for it. I mean, that's terrible. Yeah, it's really, you know, I I, I love doing this, this show with you, Bone, because – it's not very often uh, that we get to talk, you know, all the the nooks and crannies of the soccer world on our regular show. So it gives us a platform, right, to dive into into things like these. First of all, it's one of the crazier stories of all time. Second of all, it's absolutely ridiculous uh, that this has happened. Third, like if 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 this is all true, I want to state that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, course. that's one of the poorest sportsmanship efforts of all time, is it not? I mean, a lady that's oh, on your totally. team goes out there, was going to Wally Pip you. I mean, how many times in athletics has this happened? Right, millions across the landscape of professional athletics, college athletics. However, you want to boil it down. Maybe you lose a step, player comes into form, playing a little bit better, and then you go out and say the only way for me to get back into the starting eleven and retain my minutes is going to be by hiring people to go beat someone up is one of the most ludicrous stories of all time. It's crazy. And yeah, it's uh I <laughs> it's not even something like Like I know imagine of- here, right? I mean it would be like Jossie's artist saying, Hey Miguel Barry, I'm gonna have you basically yeah, let's, beat let's up. Let's take right? a ride. Let's go for a ride. Yeah. yeah. I mean uh, right. It, you can't imagine I mean that's the whole thing. Teamwork uh fighting for each other playing for this common goal like putting aside your differences for the team like that's everything you're supposed to get out of youth sports let alone all the way up to the pros this this bond that you form between teams and I can't imagine what that does to the psyche of the team you know like where they're looking around going how did that happen I don't want to play I don't want to take someone's spot I'm friends with that person. Yeah. You know, like I like with both of them, probably I would assume there's plenty of teammates who consider themselves friendly with both of those players who are now like, wait, one of them hired some people to assault the other one just so she could play. That would uh, that would be so difficult to recover from. So, yeah, terrible situation. Hopefully, uh, if Aminata Diallo did that, then, yeah, hope she goes to jail for a long time. Like I said, let's switch gears, talk about something else that uh, isn't quite as dark. Uh, the Premier League has released their dates for next season's World Cup interrupted season. Mm-hmm. So they don't usually have to deal with this, obviously. It's right. a first for them or first in, well, first since they've been the Premier League. Let's put it that way. But the World Cup has adjusted the schedule. Beamer, do you have uh, some of those details? Yeah, so it's pretty wild when you look at this. So we know uh, next year when the World Cup happens, it's in Qatar. So we mentioned it earlier. Uh, that it's starting about now, this time of the year. I think it's uh, maybe a week before Thanksgiving, five days before Thanksgiving, where it's actually going to start. So we know that there's going to have to be a lot of shifts in schedules uh, to be able to accommodate all of these happenings, right? And so don't usually have to deal with it uh, over there. We have to deal with it here in MLS. We understand that World Cup is played usually uh, right in the smack dab middle of their season. But the crazy thing about the Premier League is they announced their fixture date lists for the 22-23 season. The Premier League season will start on the 6th day of August 2022. Match round 16 
So nearly halfway through the season will be the last set of matches played over the weekend of the 12th and 13th of November. So today and tomorrow next year will be round 16 in the Premier League before the call-up period happens on the 14th of November. The league will resume following the FIFA World Cup final. Here's the kicker. The league will resume on Boxing Day of 2022, okay? So December 26, 2022, the Premier League gets back going. The World Cup final in Qatar is December 18th. You are talking about a World Cup in which 32 teams across the world all combine, fly into Qatar, do their thing, month-long tournament, some teams playing three games, some teams playing up to seven, and then the Premier League getting going an astounding eight days later. You want oh, to talk about the need yeah. for big squads next year? Uh, I mean, some of these teams, right? I mean, the the people who we would assume would be favorites, at least from Europe, Italians, a lot of players over there in England, Germany, a lot of their players are in the Premier League. And I would assume that the Premier League has released these dates that the other leagues will not be far behind. So you're talking about playing in a World Cup, which is the biggest tournament in the world, and then turning around and having to play for your club potentially eight days later if you're playing in the World Cup final. By the way, uh, along with that, Major League Soccer has announced how their schedule will work next year. They're going to be starting like February 27th. Which is pretty early. I think. Somewhere around there. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 as early as they've ever started. But here's the other thing. They are going to wrap up. Like last Thursday or Friday, whenever they announced that, that was the still decision day had not happened. Right. You know, in MLS, right? Oh, by the Obviously. way, decision day crew crew out of out of yeah, the yeah, yeah. We well, we, we'll get there. But okay. um, when that announcement came out, it, like the day of MLS Cup for next year was, I believe, the day they made the announcement. So early November, MLS Cup will happen. Mm -hmm. So the playoffs will all be in October. That is such a. I mean, we haven't even started, right? They're in an international break right now because of all the, you know qualifiers yeah. going on around the world <laughs> when that's done then the playoffs will start up here in a few days or you know after these next round of qualifiers so that's and they're not playing mls cup till december so their off season will be shortened a little bit too it feels almost like i don't know if you've ever tried to adjust your sleep schedule to get well yeah of course you have because hmm. you had to you know take over a morning show but for <laughs> those who haven't had to do that one way you can do it is just like to incrementally every couple days get your alarm like a half hour earlier and a half hour earlier and a half hour earlier until eventually you're like hey i'm waking up at four o'clock in the morning how'd mm -hmm. that happen if you want to it feels like mls could almost do that you know where it's like hey look we're we're starting to, oh look we're in february let's just put that back in january right oh, let's just get, and then all of a sudden it's like ah let's just start in the fall and have uh, a look, fall we're spring caught calendar. up with the rest of the world <laughs> i don't think that'll ever happen but uh i guess it's possible um we will talk more about the crew um, because, yes, their their season came to an end. Valiant was, effort. Uh, valiant effort valiant against effort. the fire. Yeah, it was. It's too bad it didn't work out. The math didn't work. They tried their best. They they had a – I was at the game. It was a lot of fun. It was one of the more, you know, blistering performances I've seen from them. Really great stuff. Just not enough goals in that game and then didn't get the help from some of the other teams anyway. It wouldn't have mattered on the goal differential, but – um, overall, you just wish you would have had some of that effort in the summer here. Here's what, uh, I will say though, the focus this off season is twofold. You do need to get a little bit better on the wing. 
I think Luis Luis Diaz is probably gone because I don't know if you saw those reports that he was late to practice a few mm. times no, this I year, no. along with having injuries and just generally not being good at finishing when he gets his chances. I mean, bliss, great speed, but the other focus has to be, and I don't know if every everybody else is willing to take up this fight, but if there's enough other people that want to do it, I'm in on it. That cannot be the logo. We cannot. <laughs> come on. I don't know what has to happen, and I'm not. They're probably not even going to change. They will have a year next year where it's already on all the jerseys that are, that are stuck on the Ever Given, and we'll never make it to the actual store. Mm -hmm. But we got it. You can actually buy them as NFTs, though. So don't worry yeah. about that. Um, I talked about this on our show, but go to MassiveReport.com. I've tweeted it out too. We can tweet it out from Bone and Beam United's Twitter as well. You do that. Uh, I lost the password. That's fine. <laughs> Nate Beckman, who <laughs> friend is, of the program, uh, friend of the program, great dude. We've had him on before back when we were trying to fill the fray. He was the guy who kind of came up with that. Uh, Phil and Moffrey Stadium back when Save the Crew was going on. Anyway, Nate went and looked up and had a, a poll out there about who still feels connected to the club with this new logo. Yeah. I would encourage you to go check that out. Over a thousand people responded to it. And again, I know it's not scientific, it's a Twitter poll. It's, it, it, but he did his best to make it as scientific as possible, given the limitations that social media presents. Really interesting stuff. But the here's the takeaway for me. He had a question. How connected do you feel to the club with this C logo? 85% mm -hmm. of respondents said either somewhat disconnected or completely disconnected. Yeah. 85%. The crew have to listen and they have to go back. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I don't want another logo. I don't I don't want another, you know, 6 month process where you get I don't know, a couple celebrity fans and you get a couple people who are longtime season ticket holders, you present them with nine new crappy designs. The circle logo is great. It is not anywhere close to being old and dusted. Bring it back. That's all I think that's what everybody wants. That's all you have to do. That's it. And I I hope they will. It's really crazy. When we were going through this entire logo change, I mean, you and I sat here for an hour and talked about it, right? Uh, yeah. um, the, the crazy, the crazy thing about the crew, and listen, this is thirty thousand foot view. So, if you're a diehard crew fan, please let me know how I'm wrong in this assessment. Is that they made an effort, right, over the summer, early in the spring, whenever this was happening, made the effort to go out there and say, listen, we're hiring someone, we're going to bring them inside of the organization and be like the liaison between the fans and the front office to make sure that the great voices and crew supporters, that their voices are going to be heard. Now, what you are doing here again, uh, and then Nate's article, you know, brought it all back up and his polls and his great scientific research. I'm calling it scientific research because I think it is science That's, and it's facts. That sounds good, yeah. All right, so... Here was the weird thing. Like, if you know that your entire fan base is disconnected from it and you are opining to your fans, remember when the new logo came out? Like, well, we're taking this to a whole new level and we want to be a worldwide brand. Like, you're telling me that a C logo is going to change that for you? Like, I know you updated your new stadium and thank you to the Haslam family and Dr. Pete for everything that you did. And it's great that we still have a team here. But the fan base, too... Uh, is very passionate when it comes to this. And it's just so weird how it's like, oh, you know, all this optics and we're going to have a liaison and we're going to have people do this and we're going to listen to the fans more and more and we want your input. And then all of a sudden it was just like, okay, never mind, forget about it. We're going to be pretty uh, staunch when it comes to uh, all these things regarding the logo. Now, I will say this. 
My opinion on the logo hasn't changed. I do believe, though, like with more and more and more time, the longer they let it go, and if you let the fight die out as crew fans, then it'll you'll just accept it as normal and it'll be whatever. Now, if you continue the fight, which we know that Columbus fans are consistent in doing so, if they believe in something, I think you can win it. But the whole weird optic thing of... You know, here we go. We're going to have someone uh, be the voice between the fans and the front office, and we we want these people to be able to do this and in charge. Like, I don't know, man. It's kind of crappy. Yeah, it is. And and uh, the again, there's a lot more we can say on it, and and maybe we will over the you know MLS off season. We've got some time on our hands to do this, but you know, I, I just don't like like you brought up Beamer. I don't like the way the process was handled where they ignored what the I mean they they asked their big stakeholders in the Nordeca some of the leadership there what do you guys think of this idea absolutely hate it and they said if you do this it'll be a disaster and they said cool wadded that up in the trash and did it anyway and then when the fans freaked out they basically went over patted them on the head and said okay there 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 we'll call it the Columbus crew again does that make you idiots feel better like it's almost like that was premeditated I do. I, I mean, I don't have any inside knowledge on that. I, I am aware of this. I do know from people who are in the organization who reached out to me who were don't think that this is like roundly accepted within the walls of the crew headquarters. There's a lot of people over there who think it's dumb as hell. Also, there's people that work for the Blue Jackets that think out of our blue, we rise is dumb as hell. I'm counting in that camp. Too. <laughs> me too. But the point I'm making is not every person who works for an organization is one it's not the Borg from Star Trek like they don't all have just one thought (laughs) like they all have their different thoughts and some people didn't like it but I do know this that less than 48 hours after the logo was rolled out and the firestorm happened where everyone was complaining about it they had the logo update done the Nordeca leadership as I understood it walked into that meeting where they were I think it was Friday of that week and they were under the impression that they were going to get to have some input. Yeah. And they, I mean, they voiced their opinions, but in that meeting, they were shown this updated logo. So less than 48 hours internally, it was being presented to people inside the building saying, here's our solution. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to fix it with the nine, six and going back to crew. I'm just saying that, that, that was not in my opinion, even if that was just, oh, in 48 hours, we whipped this thing up, got rid of the stupid triangle and put 96 there. All I'm saying is that process was not what it sounded like was going to happen. When that supporters group meeting happened, that sounded like, hey, guys, we'll put a Band-Aid on this logo, but you're going to be involved and we're going to make a new logo. Yeah, we're going to present you some options that we thought we've come up with and we're going to go the other way with it. And uh, then you heard Dee Haslam, I think it was in June, where she said she was asked about the logo after all the, you know, everything had died down. And she goes, I think we're at a good place with the logo now. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. no, <laughs> you guys made that sound like this was a Band-Aid because the new stadium had all these logos. But give it a year or two and we'll figure this out and make something better. They're going to they're going to keep hammering this, folks. That's what I'm telling you. So I know some people think it doesn't matter, but. It's at this point almost ceases to be about the logo and it is about the process. And when Steve Lyons is out there saying things like, well, other than a core group, a a small core group of our audience, everybody else is embracing this thing. Who is embracing it? I don't, I don't know. I, well, you know who, you know what, you know what that means? That means like 
people who are coming to the stadium and going to their first crew game, they stop in the gear shop and they buy a t-shirt. Sure. And that's fine. Of course it is. You want more people. We want in- inclusivity. You Tell me happens? how the old logo is saying this is an exclusive club only. Tell me how that happens, right? If that's the line of process and the line of thought. You know what happens when you go to New York City? A lot of people will buy like a keychain. Eat Sabaro. We eat so- <laughs> my favorite <laughs> like New Michael York Scott. pizza joint. Like Michael Scott. But a lot of people will go to New York and they'll buy some kind of tchotchke that's like got a little Brooklyn Bridge keychain or a t-shirt that says, you know, forget about it or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know what you buy, but I'm saying people I buy tchotchkes. The white t-shirt, right? Everybody's does, got one. Does that mean... Me. Those people have embraced New York culture, <laughs> or does it mean they were there, they bought a thing, and they may never wear that thing after the first couple weeks of owning it? Like, I I think you really have to consider what the word embrace means, and it hasn't fully hit a lot of the fans because you still had the regular logo on the jersey, but next year you will not. Next year there will be no black jersey, as far as I understand. Are we getting a yellow gonna, jersey back? There's, From what I understand, they're going to move on from the black jersey. You'll still have the dumb gray one, which which the gray one's fine if we had three, but you only have two. So I would have preferred a black and a gold, and then a third being that grayish-white thing. That was fine. But next year, I think they're going to have just a yellow and a grayish-white. I think that's where they're going. So whatever. Anyway... The black one will go away for a year. And then I'm guessing after next year, the gray one will go away and we'll get a new black jersey and we'll be back to black and gold. But they're going to have that dumb pennant logo. Do you think that has anything to do with Nashville moving to the West? I don't know. I, I really don't. I mean, here's the thing. Nashville was supposed to, if I remember correctly, Nashville was supposed to join the West initially. And then for, I want to say for covid reasons there was something that happened there i'd have to go back and look but i i, I want to say they were supposed to join the west initially and then that got scuttled because of like everybody was worried about you know travel and and keeping things closer and they thought well let's just put nashville in the east so they don't have to do a lot, a lot of like long distance travel and going to places yeah, where makes they may sense. have games that don't happen but anyway the point is MLS did say, oh, it's okay to have more than one black and gold team, LAFC. It's okay to have another full yellow team. Hello, Nashville. So they are not protecting the crew anymore from that. And the crew should, instead of shying away from it, they should embrace the gold. I don't know why there was this push to get the gold shoved out of the way so we could just be more black and white. I I really don't understand it. I it don't know why It matches the happened. facade of the seating in the new stadium. That's why. <sighs> Yeah, what a. <laughs> Again, it's possible to be really glad that people spent millions of dollars to save this team and also think they made some dumb decisions. But yeah. Um, last few things before we go. Actually, well, there's one that I really wanted to hit on. We've not talked enough about West Ham United. And the Hammers are playing really well right now. And I think we need to bring that up more. That's what I want to say, Beamer. What say you? I say that David Moyes has done the best coaching job since he was at Everton. I mean, it is incredible when you're watching the way uh, that this team is playing right now. I mean, think a few years ago, right? They signed that 99-year 
uh, lease agreement at Olympic Stadium, and then they nearly got relegated. And now you look at what they've <sighs> yeah. done. They have been building momentum for the last few years. Like, I don't know. This is a surprise, but again, it's not. I think it's a surprise to what they are doing and how far they are up the table. Now, we'll ultimately see, you know, when you get into the crux of the season and you're playing games every three days. But up to this point, you are correct. West Ham has done an unbelievable job. You look at their schedule. You look at who they beat this past weekend. Of course, why wouldn't you beat Liverpool? You know, I mean, of course, uh, that's going to be something that you did. You beat City in the uh, in the League Cup. Okay, got that one. You already took down Tottenham, which was pretty amazing. You uh, you lost to United on a crazy, crazy game. Like they're kind of giant slayers, are they not? Like it's it's really weird to think about. They're they're tremendous. Yeah. David Moyes has done an unbelievable job with that team. He's he's been great, and the win over Liverpool was yeah. They played they 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 outplayed Liverpool, and the week before that or two weeks before that, whatever we saw Liverpool destroy Manchester United. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying it it it. We were just talking about how Liverpool is possibly the best team in Europe the way they were playing, you know, the last few weeks, and West Ham said, "Oh yeah, about that." Sorry, boys. So watch this. That's that's and it's not and it wasn't like they're sitting fifteenth in the table and they just pulled off some massive upset. I mean, they've shown the quality, they've gone up and played some big boys, and now they are they have I don't know how much staying power they have, but they have a legitimate shot at certainly finishing in, in Europa position. Oh but, god, yeah. You would well, almost say like you almost set that as an expectation. Like I'm just saying, you know how that can go, right? I mean, sure. we're not even into December yet. You've got they've only played eleven matches, window. yeah. And don't look now. I mean, like you've talked about, obviously Manchester United is is not far off the pace from being back in Champions League. Arsenal yeah. is <laughs> having their own nice little <laughs> welcome back party. So the the point being, and Tottenham is is completely out of whack right now. They may get themselves back together. But what I'm saying is it wouldn't be surprising if one or more of those bigger clubs was able to push and and eventually get up there with the the ones you expect to be there like Chelsea and Man City and Liverpool but West Ham has shown so far early in the season that they've got something brewing that doesn't seem like it's just a couple weeks or it's just a flash in the pan they're playing as well as anybody in the Premier League four on the trot uh so yeah the, the international break maybe hurts them a little bit just because of all the momentum they've built but it will be really interesting to watch them between when they return yeah, and Boxing Day, absolutely, and see where that puts them for the final, you know, half of the season. But what a great, what a great start for them! And I know there's a, I know there's a decent amount of West Ham supporters in Columbus, and I know there's some people that really enjoy watching them. So, yeah, I, uh, I will never forget when West Ham came to play the Crew back in 2008, and it resulted in multiple fights in the crowd because <laughs> their boys were not messing around. The West Ham guys went into the Nordeck, and the Nordeck has said screw that we're not going to take that and police had to be called it was i'm not glorifying that i'm just saying i will never forget that that happens so you look at their schedule coming up too it is pretty fascinating when they return from international break next weekend uh they get wolves on the road uh of course you know they have their europa league games that they're still playing in so that'll be interesting as well how are you going to balance those matches you get city on the road at the etihad you get Chelsea at home on December 4th. So that's uh, six days after you play City. And then you get Arsenal right on the right on the precipice of Boxing Day. So you've got a chance to really not only solidify yourself uh, here in co- competition for Europe next season, you got a chance to possibly go top of the Premier League before we get to December. 
Yeah. Think it's, of, or not December before we get to Christmas. Before we, think, yeah, of, think of that. That's, think of that. That's it's it's an immense possibility for them. We'll see how they handle that pressure. That's that's the next step, right? Once you get up to there, now everybody's you know it's not going to be like you're going to surprise any more teams. So this will be the next kind of step in their evolution. But yeah, great start to their season for sure. All right, that's it for us. Enjoy the soccer between now and when the Premier League comes back, I guess, and when we come back. I was going to say enjoy all the international soccer, but whatever. You know what I mean. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Until then, Beamer, you got anything else to say? No, absolutely nothing. I'm done talking for the week. Great. Sounds good to me. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Bone of Beam United.